you having fun just staring from across the room you've got to stretch your stuff and i'll show you just what to do now you gotta dance gotta make your advance you gotta show you've got the guts i gotta move that'll make them swoop and it's called the two-step strut now dance with me Coming soon to a theater near you, it's The Equalizers, a weekly podcast where two idiots drop a cinema sibling in the lap of a perfectly content solo film. My name is Mike Nolan. I am joined, as always, by the Cetus to my Lapidus, the Stellar to my Luminarius, <laughs> the Zoom, Zoom, Zoom that makes my heart go boom, 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 Madison Jones. Madison Jones, are you in good form? I'm feeling very macro today. Uh, <laughs> feeling excited major for the episode. Yeah, definitely not viral. Oh. Uh, <laughs> A sentence I never oh. thought I'd say about a Disney Channel original movie is that, like, I'm still waiting for my testicles to descend from the cr- how hard I was cringing at this Joss Whedon-level slang. Yeah, it's... I'll give Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century, in the movie we're doing this <laughs> week, for New Year's New Chances, that world-building, I, I understood it very fast, yeah. right? You know, like, yeah. it's like... It wasn't complicated. Oh, we're going to throw um, any sort of uh, pseudo futuristic word uh, yeah. that involves computers and coding and make it slang. Yeah. And that's just how the world Space works. and computers equal slang. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like this movie. I remember watching it as a kid. I liked it much better. But now as an adult, it does not hold up. It's kind of like a weird, like, sort of, like, I don't know if I would want to use the, the classification as spy film, but it's sort of huh. like sort of intelligence counterintelligence sort of thing yeah it does have a kind of spy versus spy like the tropes and vibe about it even if that's not really what it is because that's the whole conflict in the movie is this business mogul trying to steal research data from this company but it's a Disney movie, right? Is that, that that's kind of what it was, right? No, he's trying to sabotage a space station so that it'll explode. Oh, okay. So he can claim the insurance money. Got it. Got it. Got that's it. what was on the. I disc. never really caught. Yeah, I, I never really caught <laughs> caught it. <laughs> I never really caught it. I mean, like, they said a bunch of times about how he he did this thing. And the space station was gonna blow up. They said it a lot. Yeah, I was only half paying attention. No, really. <laughs> how could I? How could you tear your eyes from the Stellar Lunarius exhibition of acting major that we were witnessing? Um, I will give um, I'll give a prop to uh-huh. um, the uh, costume department, uh-huh. I guess, um, where all, all the people who live on the space station are basically wearing morph suits yeah. with regular clothes on top of them. And- <laughs> I mean, it's it, a style, I guess. It really, the commander, his outfit looks like they put him in like a onesie and then just hot glued lapels onto mm-hmm. the front, like futuristic looking lapels. I think there's a lot of hot glue going on with some of like the fringes and um, uh, what's the things from, what's the things from TGI Friday? What they wear? Oh, flare. flare yeah. Flare, yeah. The, the flare going on. Yeah. It's insane. But hey, we got a good song out of it. We did. I mean, an actual banger. Yeah. I mean, really catchy. You know, uh, another trope of the spy genre, ending the movie with uh, a boy band uh, production. Although, Proto's always probably like 35, so maybe not a boy band. Oh, for sure. Like, 
I don't know what I don't know how old Protozoa is supposed to be, but it does come off with like a 35 year old trying to play like a 21 year old. Yeah, my guess is that it's supposed to be like Power Rangers rules where it's like everybody here is in their 20s, but they're playing like 16 and he's doing a very bad job of pretending to be 20. Yeah, yeah, definitely hit differently Mm -hmm. this time around because I hadn't seen it in a number of years. Yeah. I, I definitely missed a lot of the plot. I, I guess I missed... Oh, you missed almost the entire plot, yeah. Yeah, I, I missed the entire plot, <laughs> uh, basically, this time, too. But I don't think I was really... I don't know what charmed me about it when I was younger. I think it was just like, oh, futuristic yeah. stuff. space, I think. Space, space and future. Yeah, science and technology. The world of tomorrow! Yeah. Yeah, I... I, I, I couldn't put my finger on it either. I remember liking it. It was never, like, must-watch. Like, oh, fuck, Xenon's on. I gotta watch this. But it was one of, like, mm-hmm. if they were gonna show a Disney Channel original movie, and it was like, yep, this time it's Xenon, I wasn't upset. Like, was it like they were showing whatever the Quintuplets movie, or Quince, or whatever the fuck, where I hated Quince. You just named two of the decoms that I, like, love. Oh. I love Xenon, and I loved Quince. I like Xenon. I could not stand Quince. yeah. We, we might want to do Quint someday. No. I don't I don't know. Because I haven't seen that probably in like 15 years. Let me, uh, let me put it this way. We can do Quint. I am not watching that fucking movie again. Okay, so I'll cool. do a sequel based off the Wikipedia synopsis. But I am yeah. not watching Quint again. Now, Alley Cat uh, Strike, I'll watch at the drop of a hat. You know what I've never seen? Brink. Brink? Most people consider it the best one. Yeah. They're wrong because it's Alley Cat Strike. But. Okay. Okay. I mean, what? Explain to me how a bunch of teens doing cool skateboarding, roller skating, inland skating is better than watching a lot of kids who dress in old clothing bowl for a whole movie. <laughs> how? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, um, I don't know. Put that in Eddie's million dollar cook off, like right next to each other. I don't know. <laughs> uh, pretty intense there. When his dad cracks the egg with one hand, I, my heart skipped a beat. <laughs> That's honestly about the only thing I remember about that movie. You don't remember the purple, like, slurp, like, the goop that he made? No. Basically, he, like, combined ranch dressing and ketchup (laughs) and Thousand Island and made this purple stuff that was delicious and made him a good cook, I guess? Like... (laughs) I remember the movie was, you're good at baseball, but I want to do cooking now. No, you want to do baseball still. No, I want to do cooking now. Okay, you should do cooking. Also, I can crack an egg with one hand. And, like, that's pretty much... Also, Bobby Flay's in that movie. Um, He is? Yeah, I think he's the judge (laughs) of the cooking contest at the end. Oh, my God. Um, Of, like, a high school level cooking competition? I mean, I think this was the beginning of Bobby Flay's ascent to the throne of Food Network, where it was like he was the new hotshot chef on the scene, and it wasn't like, hey, I have eight shows. I don't need this. It was like... Hey, Bobby, you're still up and coming. Do you want to be in this Disney Channel original movie as a cooking contest judge? Yeah, that was, yeah. Decoms, man, you know? 13th Year, Luck of the Irish, Halloween Town, Halloween Town 2, Calabar's Revenge, I, the others. I, prequels. I, I messaged Mike uh, when we were talking about do what we're going to do for our New Year news chances, and I'm like, haven't we done a decom before? And I was very surprised we hadn't. No, I could have swore we had done Luck of the Irish. It came up when and if I messaged you back. That came up heavily while talking about Lizzie McGuire too, who done it. Uh, because yeah. I brought in a lot of old decom stars to flesh out the new cast members. Mm. Timothy Almondson, who was the evil leprechaun in Luck of the Irish, also Lassie in uh, Psych and the King mm-hmm. in Gallivant. Um, I also brought in I forget her name all of a sudden, but the grandma from Halloween Town. She was there as Cookie. Debbie Reynolds. Debbie Reynolds, yes, of course. And then <laughs> um, 
the already there the the hotel um owner of uh, mm-hmm. who done it uh he's the dad from eddie's million dollar cook-off among other decoms so flashback to when you made gordo an actual yeah. real life magician flashback to that time you made me do a <laughs> sequel to a liz mcguire movie in which somebody is murdered <laughs> oh my gosh if you had to pick three pillars of decoms would you say this is one of them like yeah i think so right it's this brink and what like probably halloween town if we're being honest halloween town i like cat yeah. strike for me because again that's my favorite and i watch it a lot maybe smart house i really think xenon halloween town and brink are like the three main you know what frequels get at us in the comments at the equalizers on facebook and twitter get in the comments let us know what your three pillars of the decom cinematic yeah. universe are i think xenon and halloween town are good choices there because they have the most sequels right <laughs> like there are like four or five halloween town well that logic cheetah girls also has a number of sequels but that's true i forgot about cheetah girls i think it depends on how old you are too true for us we were young when decoms like because they've started they've been making decoms since like the 70s oh, yeah. but yeah our generation was the first one where it was like not hey this one's about daniel boone or whatever this is where they started doing like original content or this which was based off of a book or something like that like they started making them more commercially viable it was kids doing things but yeah i would say also it may vary on how old you are because like kim possible so the drama is a decom technically mm-hmm. And there are going to be people younger than us who that's like their pillar. And like they're still making DCOMs, I think. So like Wizards of Waverly Place has a number of Disney Channel original movies that probably more people would like younger than us would say that's their pillars. Like Speaking of a new DCOM, mm-hmm. the new Kim Possible movie, the live action exactly. one that they just did. So like um, that's why I think it varies depending on age. For us, it's going to be the oldies yeah. like Halloween Town and that kind of stuff it's not going to be kim possible so the drama the new kim possible movie, the wizards of waverly place movies i'm sure the sweet yeah. life of zach and cody have a few of them like. oh shit i forgot about it there yeah there, there's a bunch of things that hit like way after us mm-hmm. right yeah. like that are which that's what it should be like i'm not oh yeah for sure that i think are just out of our gaze mm-hmm. right like i think probably from smart house to what halloween town three like is our is our window yeah i think halloween town 3 is probably the end of our era because i was already i they were making a third one and i was kind of like oh okay but i didn't really care at that point so i was just hitting old off and also that varies how people who still care about decoms not judging anybody who does like that's fine if people are who still like watch decoms or watch them longer than i did like but i would say in my estimation that's about the end of our yeah as the credits rolled on halloween town 3 madison and i entered the gray havens yeah along with all of the disney channel original movie stars before us uh. <laughs> we had katie seagal on a smart arc get us all out of there to the gray havens their time was over she was the house yeah she was she was the ha- uh-huh. katie seagal was the house leela was the house leela uh. was the house boom 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 okay <laughs> Halloween Town, boom, boom, boom. Let's, you know what? No movie. Let's just rewrite that song to be like a we didn't start the fire of our, the decoms of our youth. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Zoom, zoom, zoom. Make, make, make the purple goop, goop. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Maybe that's where Gwyneth Paltrow got the idea for goop was from watching. (laughs) Eddie's Eddie's Million Dollar Cook Off. Yeah. (laughs) 
So, um, <laughs> that's all a long way of, of saying you liked this movie, correct? Or was it, you were kind of on the it fence. Was, it was nostalgic. I, 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 I definitely, <laughs> even though I didn't really catch what the Wyndham plot was doing, mm-hmm. like, it definitely was holding my attention more than uh, when I was a younger. Like, it hits differently. It's like... I thought you were going to say young girl for a minute. No. <laughs> well, um, I also definitely hit different this time, but it may not surprise you to learn there are other people who have thoughts on this movie. That's right, gang. It's time, once again, for Daddy's Tomatoes. Squish, squish, squish. Oh. This comes from Elise H, who gave this two stars. Filmed in Vancouver, as is Battlestar Galactica. It's because it's futuristic looking. End of review. <laughs> Just Vancouver is of the future. Vancouver, city of the yeah, 21st so. century. They said Battlestar Galactica? Yeah. It was filmed in Vancouver. <laughs> oh. I guess I've not seen it, but I maybe any of the, um, if there's any shots of people like on land. Or like at buildings, you know, like how Star Trek does like away missions. I don't know if Battlestar Galactica For sure. does that. Um, a lot of stuff films in Vancouver at this point. All of the CW, for that. example. Yeah, I could see that. I was speaking of CW. Uh, we didn't really talk about uh, creepy Everword kid. Oh yeah, Alan Abernathy from Small Soldiers. Yeah, Alan Abernathy. You know that movie we've done. Yeah, that movie we did. That I totally remember. Towards the beginning of the movie, Creepy Everword Kid. I don't remember his fucking character's name. Greg? I don't think he's in the sequel. Greg? I think it's Greg. Sure. Okay. Yeah. He, he's just like dead staring at Xenon yeah. for like a very long amount of time. Like that's how they introduced his character as just like this kind of dead stare like uh, horseman. I love that at the end of the movie, it is some of the worst. Oh, he's on a view screen that she's looking at, but clearly this was filmed separately a while ago. Because she looks yeah. at this view screen and she grins at him like, I miss you. And he just kind of dead expression waves with like like that two finger wave. And then later at the end, like they're, everyone's having this fucking good ass time. And she looks down the screen and he's just still just like dead staring into the screen and kind of like nods a little bit. It's like he's not reacting yeah. at all. <laughs> uh, Jenna K gave this one star. Uh, the first word of this is ish, I-S-H. I think it may be supposed to be if. If they play this on Disney sometimes and it's all like Zenus to penis, I'm just like, what the fuck? End of review. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they mean Cetus Lapidus, but yes, they do. in the 20 pages of reviews that exist for this movie, I saw nine different spellings of Cetus Lapidus. Oh yeah, that's probably the thing that people remember the most from this movie, right? Is just her saying those I, Luckily, I was the- not among those people. I was taken aback by the amount of awful awful slang um but i just like this one for because they thought that she was saying zenus the penis i I do like the idea that these kids and all these people who are using these like future slang are just cussing all the time (laughs) like but it's like future cussing and like it's like zenus the penis is like fucking what of the future god damn it yeah uh but yeah zenus the penis uh, Nicole S. gave this four stars. The first one was better, but I still enjoyed watching this one. End of review. Clearly confused. Clearly, Nicole was looking for the Rotten Tomatoes page for Xenon the sequel. Or Xenon yeah. 3. What if there is like a hidden a hidden prequel to this? Oh, man. It's like, the stealth um, prequel. Yeah, the stealth prequel. Maybe that's what we should do. Oh, man. Uh. Just never release this episode. Yeah. <laughs> release like two minute chunks in 
various other episodes of our show. So if you cut them, isolate those two minute chunks and put them together, <laughs> you can actually listen to the secret stealth prequel to see that girl in the 21st century. Oh man, if we had a <laughs> if if we had a budget and an editor, I would request them to do that and pay them extra <laughs> to do that. Yeah. Basically, if if no one of us didn't have to do that, absolutely. <laughs> Now I'm trying to think of how we can actually do that. Release this as a stealth prequel. Hmm. I mean, one thing is we could just like record it, edit it, and then set like speed it up so it's almost inaudible. It just sounds like a weird sound. And then if people go in and like slow it down, it's like holy shit, this is like a 45 minute episode. That that's a good idea. Like, what if we make um, the next like 10 or the the next like five minutes a stealth prequel, and we tell? No, I don't want to do. <laughs> This, this is a good idea, sort of, but, like, I don't know how we do this mid-stream. Yeah. Mid uh, um, we'll come back to this idea. Yeah. Uh, Taylor gave this two stars. Taylor? I used to love this. Now I don't. End of review. Why, Taylor? Why? Who hurt you? Did Kirsten Storms hurt you? <laughs> Did Raven Simone hurt you? Did you not like her uh, fledgling soap opera career after this move? After this, uh, She was in a thousand episodes of a soap opera. I was looking through her IMDb page. I think it's General Hospital. Yeah. yeah. She was in over a thousand episodes. Yeah. Wild. I'm pretty sure she became a main character. I mean, a soap opera releases every day, mm-hmm. right? So, like, that's probably actually not that hard to do um, if you're there for at least four years, right? Yeah. Right? I mean, it's 365 so. episodes. Well, roughly. Well, they don't do weekends, but still. Yeah, for sure. It'd be 100, um, 110 episodes a year for four years. I mean, that's 10 years almost. That point. Anyway, yeah. this doesn't matter. Nobody's yeah. here for soap opera math. Tune into our other show, Soap Opera Math. Where <laughs> <laughs> Matt and Jones and I sit down and just figure out some math from soap operas. Like how many episodes or how long was Kirsten Storms on General <laughs> Hospital? <laughs> Are we going to release that as a stealth episode? If we ever have a Patreon, like a certain level should be us making our way through a soap opera and talking about Jesus. it from like a certain year. That'd be great. So I want to do the 100 films of Hong Kong Fooey. If oh, we do okay. a Patreon where we just sit down and we pitch a Hong Kong Fooey movie. And the next time we pitch the sequel, the next time we pitch the third one. And we do that until there's a 100 film cinematic franchise for Hong Kong Fooey. And after okay. that, we can pick a different thing, like Captain Planet or whatever the fuck, a like cat dog. It doesn't matter. Like we just this is all that hot content you could get prequels if you just share us with your friends. Yeah, if we have enough people to justify a Patreon, we will do it. Yes. What's the number to hit? Let's just make cold commitment right now. What's the number to hit? Of like listens. At, a week. at what point? Like, at what point is it viable for us to do this? What What is our what is our current listens a week? 400,000. <laughs> oh, I mean, maybe the next 10,000 or so. 10, okay, so 10,000. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, 10,000 more. Uh, but that, no, this is just us guilting our, uh, guilting our listeners into sharing us more. Please, please. Please, Freakles, can we have some more viewers? Okay, let's see into the tomatoes. <laughs> We're almost at 30 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have any. Uh, I don't have any um, bits or anything. Uh, the bit drought carries over to 2021, uh, which also Happy New Year, Happy everybody! New Year, we forgot to say that we are not recording this in the new year, so we forgot to say that at the very beginning. Wow, so, just but part the Happy curtain. New Year's. I mean, Jesus. 
we don't hide anything here. Yep. Um, except all the except stuff all that, that we stuff. said we were going to cut. Yeah, except all that stuff we ju- we j- have already talked about editing out of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> okay. So I have our timer. Okay. And our time starts now. Okay. So I only had like one vague idea for this. Um, we could set it in the not so distant future of the original movie, which was set in 2049. Um, and there's that solar flare or whatever that they she goes out to like mm-hmm. view. There could be radiation there. Somebody could get superpowers. It could be like a Fantastic Four kind of thing. I don't know. We don't have to go out there. That's just about the only th- part of this movie that actually inspired any or was any sort of like this could be a lingering thread. Everything else was sewn <laughs> up pretty neatly, which I like about Disney Channel original yeah. movies. Um, so we could go in a wholly new direction. Um, go ahead. Um, not to talk about the movie so much more, but like um, I, I love this thing in old, older, uh, older <laughs> media where back then when, during, when she's like looking at the solar flare and looking at the, um, at the earth from space mm-hmm. and you see the space station out there, it's supposed to be like a really beautiful moment, but because the because cgi and like mm-hmm. everything like it's not it doesn't look beautiful anymore but you could tell that that's what they were going for back then um i i i really liked that moment because it was sort of like um a nugget of nostalgia like or this nugget of uh they they they, they thought about that moment i think yeah. um but it just hits it hits way differently just because the cgi is not as good i like it it was um, good enough and the style of it was very reminiscent of babylon 5 which i'm a big fan of mm-hmm. so like it didn't hit me really any different now than it would have back then because i was true. But like i'm always a fan of the weird chunky space sci-fi yeah cgi from back then the uh, reboot yeah. reboot uh um, I mean, Lost Starfighter the, is ninety percent, 99% CGI. It looks awful, but I love it so dearly. Mm-hmm. That movie doesn't have uh, a sequel. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I, I like that. I, I like the idea, um, the solar flare or something going on. I had um, one other idea that was just a title. I thought maybe we could spin mm-hmm. some ideas off of. The Xenon Paradox. Okay. That's all. Um, I had, uh, I had a, the words, uh, Zetus Lafetus in my mind. And <laughs> so what if there's a space child, a space child of some kind? <laughs> so just to be clear, your pitch is Xenon, Girl of Fun, 21st Century 2, Zetus Lafetus. <laughs> Zetus Lafetus, yes. Um... So what if there's some sort of space <laughs> child? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't. I, I, there's not. It's not really a concept. It's more of like a joke that came to my mind. But maybe we could work it in. Hmm. <laughs> um. I think um. The solar flare thing. So. Like what? What has to be at stakes in the Xenon universe? It's always like the space station, right, or Earth, or yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like there's an element of like the Martian in there as well. Of like the problem is not where you are, and it's how do I communicate? Like how do we get communication up? How do we work together to solve a problem? And then ultimately they get to the space station, and like in the first one, 
she's on Earth. She can't talk to anybody who would believe her or listen on the space station. Eventually, she can talk to her best friend who's able to help. Eventually, she gets to the space station Mm -hmm. and saves the day. But that idea of um, not being able to get to the problem. Like, it's a problem that's very easily solved. We just can't get to it. Mm Mm-hmm. What if it's something, and this just thought came to my mind, um, like, the idea of the, the station is in peril or something. You're probably too young to know, ha- but the station is always in some sort of peril. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> now that we've done League, expect a lot more League qu- quotes from me. Mainly that one. Mainly that one. <laughs> um, or take it a time. You've got all the time you need. You've got all the time <laughs> in the world. Sorry, I just started to derail you. It, it's all right. The thought occurred to me of like, what if for some reason, mm-hmm. just the station needs to evacuate? Hmm. Um, everything is shutting down um, because of something. And just suddenly one day the station needs to evacuate and Xenon ends up being the only person that stays um and it becomes sort of like an alien movie mm-hmm. um where she is kind of hunting down something the space fetus some, yeah the space fetus <laughs> the entity or something mm-hmm. um and it becomes sort of like a a horror movie sort of like um because i think like the this as far as like the scariness of space is like the idea of being alone in a in like a vast of nothingness right mm-hmm. so like one person on that station all alone um when there is a monster or some kind is kind of <clears throat> kind of cool okay i think or a um, cool idea um i have an idea as well not to mm-hmm. jump back but i i conceived of an idea for what the xenon paradox could be we could do a classic she time travels to the future somehow meets her future self who's not at all like plucky like she maybe she becomes leader of the space station at some point like the commander and is now like extremely responsible and level-headed and xenon teaches her older self to be like kind of be a kid again not to be irresponsible but like the like this Mm. is where our strength comes from it's just like diving headfirst into problems xenon gets her group back xenon gets Um. honestly we can marry the two ideas together she gets thrust Mm -hmm. into the future on the space station where it's being evacuated and she and her older self, who are the commander, end up being the only ones left on the space station. And then we can do the monster movie angle as well. And that gives Xenon some kind of character arc. Maybe the older her can teach her, like, also diving into problems headfirst isn't always the best solution. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What if um, somehow in the past, um, or in the I guess in the present... Mm-hmm. I guess um, the future present that the future present. Yeah. Uh, um, but the past in the movie <laughs> uh, somehow um, Xenon coming out of the first movie, maybe it's like a year or two later. Okay. There is an experiment that allows her to time travel. Um, it's something that maybe the uh, Raven Simone's parents were working on, or maybe her parents or something. It's like a new experiment. It, involves a ton of energy mm-hmm. um they don't think it makes them time travel it's supposed to do for something else like i think it's maybe it's supposed to be like a container sure. that like you can like 
freeze something in stasis. I mean, yeah, faster right? than light, anything, travel, anything like that. It doesn't have to be time travel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she gets her hands on it or messes with it accidentally, and she gets thrusted into the future and into the station in 2079 or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, thir- I was there, that's, about that's 30, 30 years, years yeah. later, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, where the station is evacuating and she surprises her future self. It's like, how did you get what you're me from the past? It's like, mm-hmm. how did you do get here? And except the older Zeno turns around and right as then young Zeno goes, see this Lapidus as the older one goes, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> holy shit balls. What are you doing here? <laughs> God damn it. Xenon. Yeah. Future Xenon sees this opportunity. It's like, Oh, this person can travel through time maybe we can travel back in time to cause this destruction or this uh, the need for the evacuation not to happen gotcha um and then that's when they're sort of traveling through time um meeting past selves or middle selves or something and so are we gonna make um, this a sliders movie basically i think so I think so. Um, I like the idea. If we're going to do that, we might as well do into the Xenon verse of all, a like alternate universe Xenons as well. Like yeah. so, different timelines. Like alternate. I think it's alternate timelines, right? Right. Like, but I, mean, I, I don't think it's there's not. There's not like yeah. We're like, like pig Xenon. Yeah. Or but like Absolutely. there's not Japanese uh, robot Xenon. I didn't mean that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. Just like different iterations of Xenon based on how they mess with the timeline. And I think in one of the timelines. Like, because they're messing with time so much, um, it's the Back to the Future thing of, like, oh, they go back, they go back and um, fix something, then they jump ahead to see if it worked, and then even before future Xenon's time, the station is abandoned, mm-hmm. and then that's maybe where, like, the monster part can happen that we're talking about. Um, we, do, we could do an idea like they did for the... Um serious finale of the next generation where Picard's doing like jumping through three different time periods and all of them are at the same like temporal anomaly and shooting like a specific kind of beam mm-hmm. into it to scan it. And that's, what's actually causing the problem is that they're mm-hmm. all scanning it at the same time with the same beam. So maybe the fact that they're doing this time travel because it's time travel, that's actually what's creating the monster or the problem. Got so it. them trying to stop the problem is what's creating the problem. Got it. Yeah. So at each different um, interval, I think in the first, let's say there are three timelines. Okay. Um, just, or three time periods that they jump to. Yeah. And each one, um, they spend like 20 minutes or something like that. It gets about an hour sure, or sure, so. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, and I think at the very beginning of the movie, it's sort of like an offhanded thing. It's like, oh, we're, um, we're scanning this quasar. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's nothing that is like that unique or like at the beginning. And then like you find out in the other timelines, they're scanning the same quasar and whatever they are um, scanning is maybe not a quasar. It's actually like a gaseous colony or something like that, or like a, some sort of like Galactus sort of like mm-hmm. um, monster or uh, entity that is like all knowing and like, everything but it is uh it's maybe trying to i said galactus do you think it's like trying to devour the galaxy or do you think it's like growing uh, maybe 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 like it's growing from timeline to timeline or time period to yeah time period. i think maybe at that point it would be a sort of 
an entity that feeds on time, possibly. Um, mm-hmm. And it, at some point, it'll be big enough to just consume. Because, like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's difficult. The idea then would be, does it just consume, like, Earth and its timeline? Or is there then, like, all of time? Um, I mean, the other answer is Xenon has, like, a rat or something that's like, or there's a rat in that lab as well that accidentally gets zapped through and it, the time travel fucks with its DNA or something. And it becomes like a the rat grows a beard and yeah. then you can tell that it grew older. Yeah. Um, it also knows karate and teaches four turtle brothers how to do karate in the sewers yeah. of the space station. Yeah. Um, backdoor TM, TMNT, yeah. uh, um, Xenon girl, of the 21st century colon out of the shadows. Yeah. What if it's sort of like a, um, a temporal sponge or something okay. like that. And it, as it grows, it actually freezes. Um, it freezes the state of whatever is in its bubble. And mm. um, that is what powers it. And like, that is what, uh, that is what it consumes to grow. Um, so it's That's always ever. So ever. So it's, ever so growing like over time it's growing in very little intervals that may not be able to be picked up because it to everyone else it's just like a harmless quasar cloud or something like it does nothing but okay um, so what if then um they have to jump around to different time periods to basically like avoid the swaths of time that are caught in this sponge or whatever and that's mm-hmm. one way that we can kind of, it can be a little chaotic is like, we need to, but we know we need to get to this point in time so that we can stop this from happening, but we can't go point A to point B because right in the middle of that is like a big frozen bubble of time. So we have to go to point yeah. C. Uh Oh, from there we can't get, we have to go now to D like we have to basically take this long scenic route to get to where we need to go in time. I'm gonna go ahead and stop our time. We're at like just about over a minute. Yeah, and I, think I think we got that concept yeah. of what we're going to do. Um, um, how do they stop it? Yeah, that's. I think that's what we kind of need to figure I out. Mean, the, the obvious answer is they have to get original Xenon back to before she originally time traveled. Yeah, I think the <laughs> I think the um, the thing that triggers the thing growing mm-hmm. is it being scanned for that first time. Mm-hmm. Right. And they need to stop that. Like, I think that's the I think that's the idea It's like they need to stop that initial scan because that is what because maybe it's because it's like a temporal cloud sort of thing um it was fine just existing how it was but its defense mechanism is triggered after that first scan right Uh you know which its defense mechanism lasts 40 50 years right it it, Mm -hmm. that's that it's this slowly um defense defensive thing but if you just let but if if they just left it alone than this whole thing. So we make a big deal at the beginning about how this is like a once in a lifetime window of opportunity to scan this far out into space or something. Like Mm. if they don't meet this window, likely the likelihood that they'll never be able to search again is pretty high. That way then Xenon can come back, stumble into the machine or something. So they lose their window. Everything's fine. I think that the information they they gain from it mm-hmm. like has something to do with the time travel itself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so then that's kind of how we fix the time loop at the very beginning, mm-hmm. like or like 
that's how we fix the time paradox, right? Mm-hmm. Is that that last time that they go back, Xenon goes back in time and stops the scan, then, oh, the time travel thing never existed. Like, it, it doesn't ca- cause it to right. exist. The, thus, thus fixing the timeline, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, even though, I don't know. I, I think, I feel like we could, like, rattle around the time oh, travel can. Oh, no, I can, I, we can solve we it pretty easy. I mean, all we need to do is yeah. at the very end, Xenon, who we've watched for the whole movie, somehow stops herself from get, getting into the room to time travel. They miss mm-hmm. the window. Everything's fine. And then the Xenon we've been watching, like, disappears because technically she never existed. Yeah. that's that's It's actually very simple to solve our time loop problem there. Uh, we yeah. can do it in a, a more elegant, like, the new, the new Xenon remembers all of her memories so that they never do it. Whatever. Like, if you want to hold character yeah. breath or something. But the point is, it's actually, mechanically, that is very easy to mop up there at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So I think we got, like, the concept of what we're doing as far as the structure and, like, mm-hmm. how they kind of solve it um, is, like, stopping that initial scan. That's what they realized later. It's, like, that's what caused it. Mm-hmm. Um now I think we just need to talk about the character arc mm-hmm. of Xenon and like what she does. Sure. Like, yeah. Um, I like the idea of her being very different in the far future. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe there's something in the middle future that um, oh, she gotcha. Like maybe she initially goes to the far future and it's like, why are you like this? What, like, uh, why are you, uh, kind of stuck up and like, are not as like, um, adventurous or anything. You're just, why do you, you say, know, fuck you always play now? It safe. why do you say fuck now? Um, uh, what happened to Zetus Lapidus? Don't you remember Zetus Lapidus? Fuck Zetus Lapidus. Yeah. Um, so, the uh so i think they go back to the middle the middle future where she's probably like in her 20s um or something and maybe things are going really good for her she's in college and like she's on this path and uh something has to happen between that middle future and the oh uh, far future i know i I have an idea xenon gets into the future because she did something reckless and it could be heroic reckless. Like she tried to save somebody or there was an experiment and she pushed the, like whatever, like she was working on the uh, faster than light travel thing with, with people and she pushed the experiment like, too far past safety parameters, etc. She's time traveling. The Xenon, the older Xenon we meet has been time traveling for a while trying to solve mm. this. So she's grown up basically like alone in a lot of times where people are frozen because of this thing she did. And in her journey, it's it's the first time she's actually, it's like, wait, how are you here? What's going on? And now it's like young Xenon is able to like enter, like infuse some energy in her. Like, yeah, we can do it. Like now there's two of us, forget about it. It's a Dak Shepard and Zathura kind of, kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah. Old Xenon is played by Dak Shepard. Go. Cool. Cool. Uh, (laughs) Got it. So future Xenon is has been the time traveler, right? Uh, is yeah. The... What we're saying is that the Xenon that we see now, who's still like a young woman, um, in a different timeline or frame, had actually has been out of time for like forty years. 
And so Got she's it. now in a, this adult, like older adult who's like worn and hardened by this and like I know I don't take chances anymore because the last time I did that I got here and New Xenon's yeah. like well yeah but now there's two of us like we're definitely gonna get and then that's how we can kind of play with that yeah so I think when they travel in time mm-hmm. to the other the middle time period or the past mm-hmm. um, like Xenon Xenon's not there like she suddenly disappeared in that failed experiment mm-hmm. right um, yeah at the very beginning so when they go to those other timelines, maybe they're kind of hiding their identities. I think that's, um, yeah. And maybe at one point they and, show who they are and that's like, like they reveal themselves to like her dad just to be like, you have to trust us, etc. Yeah. But I like that idea. And then I think, because I like the idea of it being an older Xenon who's been time traveling. So she kind of has a map like, oh, we have to go to this year, which is when our, when dad dies of a heart attack or something like that. Like she knows all these points where it's like, this is, these are the safe places around to go and that way Mm -hmm. then it's not like pure luck it's like the hard earned map of the time scheme here that we have like i don't know why i called it a time scheme but i like that yeah yeah i think um i think like future xenon has gone like way past like like has gone to the future as well Mm -hmm. like and the past like and so she like i think she knows what that eventually the galaxy or like earth and the space station and the moon and like everything. And like this quadrant of the galaxy is destroyed eventually. And like, she ended up being like the only one, like um, maybe she even goes to earth and she says that like the same temporal thing. Um, I think, you know what I think they, I think future Xenon thinks mm-hmm. is that her time traveling is causing it. Like, like, mm-hmm. cause forever, like I think like, maybe like the quasar isn't known like right that they don't understand that it is the quasar right yeah um yeah she thinks maybe it's that she... experiment that did it when in reality yeah. it was a different lab doing a different experiment yeah that's good yeah so why did so not to get all time mm-hmm. travel thing but like why didn't future xenon just go back to the time Maybe it's because hmm. if she didn't do that, yeah. No, like, that's a good point. That's, yeah, that's a question we have to address. Yeah. Um, like, maybe it's because if she destroyed the time machine, then none of it would have ever happened. So she would have never existed, right? You know, like, you know, like yeah, to, to even do it in the first place, you know? We're getting, we're getting that paradox sort of yeah, like yeah, time yeah. travel trap that we're so there is an actual time travel theory in real life that um once you create a time machine the farthest into the past you can go is the moment you created the machine it has to do with like particles and like acceleration and like they create a loop basically you can go as far into the future as you want mm-hmm. you can only go as far back as when you created the technology so old xenon is like no like i can only go as far back as when i was time traveling and that doesn't solve anything um new xenon's like have you even tried to go back farther it's like no because it's physically impossible it's like yeah well so is what's happening right now with us like this -hmm. shouldn't be this shouldn't be happening like time if time's a straight line or whatever like i shouldn't be able to be here like we shouldn't be interacting um yeah and so that's where they like they break through. And also, I mean, old Xenon doesn't take chances anymore. So the chance that breaking that and going farther back would like destroy time. Yeah. Like she's not going to make take take that risk. 
Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I think, I think that the, the idea that the time machine uh, and like that is what has caught, that was the, um, that was the flame that sparked the fire mm-hmm. of everything going on. I think that is like future Xenon is so convinced as, at that because this time travel thing has destroyed her life. Right. Um, but eventually they do realize that it is the quasar that is the thing destroying all of throughout yeah i think they keep getting back to the same lab in the various timelines and young xenon starts to notice that this one machine is on in every timeline like Mm -hmm. what is that machine for and eventually maybe once they like reveal themselves to their dad in one of the timelines or the mom or uh nebula or somebody and it's Mm -hmm. like it's like what is that machine she's like oh that's the quasar we were scanning um actually the same day you went back in time that's kind of odd like whatever and that's where they piece together that's the experiment like the the ftl faster than light uh experiment is what started xenon on a time in in time traveling that's what got her out of time the time freezing thing is because of the scanner so these are two separate time events but Mm -hmm. one of them just is what knocked xenon out of the loop and then the other one was what um activated the quasar yeah yeah okay cool um so i like that i think we nailed that down i think that's fine so as far as like the personal arc that is Uh going through um, i think we nailed that down it is acceptable moving on is i I think it makes sense i think it makes sense i think it's Um, yeah um as far as like the personal arc going on like we have like young Xenon who's like super adventurous and energetic. We have old Xenon who is too old um, for this shit. Yeah. Um, when they go, when they Christmas Carol through the, uh, through the other timelines or whatever uh-huh. and see like, what is life is like, what do we think life is like without Xenon in, I guess it actually, it's not a Christmas Carol. It's more, it's wonderful a wonderful life. life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe um, to add some drama and like stakes to it um, after Xenon disappears and from the time travel experiment, Mm -hmm. I I think everyone thinks she's dead. I think they they thought she got like vaporized, not that she's in time. Oh yeah, no, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that the parents like blame themselves for sure, Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe. the dad more so because he's so encouraging of her adventurous sure. and like be, maybe he's a part of it like part of the experiment mm-hmm. and stuff um so maybe he's dedicated his life to like understand what happened and it kind of consumes him and it causes a rift between like the family mm-hmm. or him and his wife and maybe she actually moves back down to earth and is like leaves leaves <sighs> him because she can't because xenon loved the space station mm-hmm. i can't be here anymore this isn't home without her hey uh real quick freakles nobody ever at me again about my hook two pitch being too dark <laughs> i'm just saying like, no i i, I this... support you and i think that's great i've just what i want to put out in the universe now i don't want to hear fucking shit about this ever again yeah uh no i i think that's right i think at least one of the parents lives on earth um, I like the idea that the dad feels the most guilty and the mom maybe blames mm-hmm. him because he is frequently like, that was a very bad thing you did, but so cool. And like, mm-hmm. I think that that kind of energy, she can definitely live and he can feel guilty. I mean, she can definitely levy at him of like, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah. I think that's good. Yeah. Um, 
if I think the dad stays because he's trying to figure out what's like what happened. Like you said, like maybe he doesn't believe she, he refuses to believe she's dead only because mm-hmm. if he accepts it, then he wouldn't have a reason to go on. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he becomes sort of like a reclusive scientist within the station mm-hmm. um, who. Uh, whose life is consumed with studying this one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he has funding or may, like maybe, like I don't know if like, like the station funds it or something, or maybe he privately funds it or sure. something, but I don't know. Like, or he scavenges think, like parts and stuff. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, he, he, he like gets like, so like expelled from like the scientist lab, uh-huh. but they don't kick him out of the station. So he's working at like the, space station wendy's to fund his research or something yeah like now that, that um uh, wind corp or whatever wind corp is went under they had to get corporate other corporate sponsors <laughs> mm-hmm. and one of them is wendy's yeah be- well sure. because you know it's already called the Windcom station so they might as well just add an extra y and call it the wendy's con station <laughs> they should they should i know an, i refuse uh, to allow an, wendy's to sponsor another fucking one of our movies we already did this with your meet dave pitch cosmic spicy nuggets oh my god um Bacon dot nader. Um <laughs> Flurry Major. Um Oh god. Uh <laughs> there's their their um their three sizes are minor major and super major. And then viral. Or Nova. And that's like a popcorn bucket. Yeah. Okay, Jesus Christ. Um so why are they time jumping at this point? If old Xenon has pretty much accepted that it can't be fixed. Is she just now like, all right, welcome, welcome to the out of time club. I'll show you around. Like every every so often, I go to this time period so I can see like Nebula get married, or I can go here to see this. And while they're doing that, New Zealand's like, I'm still gonna work the problem. And that's when they like start to figure some shit out. Like, what what is the reason Old Xenon, if she has pretty much given up, why are they like, why is the movie happening, and where are they going? Um, I mean, is more and more time being frozen? <laughs> Excuse me. By the Quasar, I do, or? I do think it kind of plays out like It's a Wonderful Life. Like, ask of, like, they're going to see the people who, um, who right. existed after Xenon was gone. Um, so they, I think they do go to, like, the, the Nebula wedding. Um, I mean, they see, they see Greg graduate a hacking school um and um move on and maybe get married as well like i think i so here's a new question i guess do we reframe this from a monster movie to is this just going to be xenon 2 it's a stellarinarius life where the movie is the xenon it's a wonderful life i'm fine with that we just might tone shift a little bit yeah i think i think i mean it's a wonderful life is dark oh sure uh, no no no. i mean tone shift in the fact that it is not the focus of the movie is not the emergency. It is what life would be like without Xenon Car. The emergency yeah. is happening and they solve it, but that mm-hmm. is not the focus. Okay. That's what I mean with tone yeah. shift. Not, it's suddenly a very happy movie. I just may like, I know that focus is shift. It's the arc of Xenon seeing what life is like without her. Uh, so yeah. maybe she feels underappreciated at the new job. Cause she's like, I, you know, I say the space station now as a hero and now I'm like a lab tech on this mm-hmm. in this back end of the space station it's like nobody even it doesn't feel like nobody needs me anymore nebula's got some new boyfriend greg and i broke up like nobody needs xenon and yeah. then the time thing yes. happens the quasar happens and now she's doing it's a wonderful life so i feel like at that point we need to touch on the parents greg nebula 
after that. And maybe the commander, because the, the commander and her, her aunt got married, I believe, in the sequel. Yeah. So I feel like those five people we need to touch base with. In, yeah. And I mean, are we going to call it It's a Stellar and Luminarious Life? I think so. Okay, I'm fine yeah. with that. So let's start with the parents. We talked about the dad, uh, what he did. The mom's on Earth. Does she go and visit the mom? Or is it more of just like old Xenon shows her like data pad, like videos of her mom on Earth? Stuff like that. I think it's that. I, it's, the idea that they can not only travel through time, but also travel down to Earth somehow, I don't I don't totally believe. Like, I... Ooh, cut that. Um, I was trying to whistle the Doctor Who say? theme song, but um, I was not doing a very good job of whistling today, so I went, ooh, cut that. Um, so, I think... Uh, yeah, because I, I don't know if I completely get... I mean... Jimmy Stewart traveled around his town, I guess. I'm fine with but, it just being you know, a space station. I, That's that makes things way simpler. Yeah. Um so I think I think maybe we introduce like as far as like the restrictions of the time travel, mm-hmm. like um maybe we do have a scene where uh Xenon does try to leave and like take a shuttle out and do something and I mean, it like instantly makes her travel in time to another period or something. Or like, like, like after um after the whole scandal with Windcore or Wyndham, whatever, they installed like scanners before you, before people get on the ship. So it's like, yeah, if you try to walk through get on a ship, it's going to scan you and it's going to show up as Xenon car and Dead. we're gonna have a whole different issue to deal with. Like Yeah. I think I think it literally says like she's dead mm-hmm. and because she is logged at that. So obviously, if someone is trying to do this, then that means someone has stolen Xenon's identity. And the idea is that the time identity. stoppage is spreading. So it's like if you are stuck in jail, you're going to end up stuck in time. Like yeah. you need to yeah. be able to keep moving. And that means staying secret, letting everybody think you're dead. Yeah. And to be clear, like they can die as time travelers, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah, you know? for sure. So they're not, they're not, they're not about to break into anywhere and like right, exactly. get shot. Right. Yeah. You know? So they're just trying uh, to stay under the radar as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I like the dad who's trying to figure it out. Um, maybe that's like the final scene for old Xenon. Like new Xenon's going to go back and, you know, shatter through the loop to go back to before she went into the time travel thing, stop herself from doing it or stop the quasar thing, whatever. Um, old Zidon's like, go ahead. I'm gonna stay here and like spend some time with my dad. <laughs> what if um, what if old Zenon has been secretly like working with the dad, like um, hmm. in that that he's she's dropping off like letters and like things, like maybe try this, maybe look into this, like you know, mm-hmm. um, so that's kind of what keeps him going. It's like clearly there's someone who knows more about. There's like this anonymous mm-hmm. like, um. Um, there's this anonymous conspirator or something or this anonymous partner who is helping me with this and she throughout everything has been trying to like give him stuff and like mm-hmm. like tools and funds and stuff that she gets through time so he can continue to maybe solve this one day yeah i like that i think that that works i think her kind of prodding him as this like other like yeah i've read your work my name is crawl and i think that, <laughs> um, i love that son-in-law has burned into your brain so much that now you can never come up with any names but crawl well the first name um, in my brain was steven tyler and then i immediately thought steven tyler pajamas and so um makes sense but 
little little look into how my brain works. Yeah. So I think I think eventually like the dad becomes a part of the thing. I think eventually they, they have to reveal that. Yeah, oh yeah. There is something like, that they specifically need that they can't get mm-hmm. from him through subterfuge. Like they have to show up. Yeah. yeah. Um and maybe they stay in like their hooded, like sort of like uh-huh. jackets and stuff for most of it. Maybe they do excuse me. Mm-hmm. Maybe they do talk to him, um, and they are working out this plan, but it causes him to, like, he has to go into, like, the memory banks to, like, download something, and it's, like, super risky. He doesn't have access anymore, you know, like, all that. Um, And they get what they need um, off of the data um, from the, maybe it's the, uh, maybe it's, like, the security cam footage of when Xenon traveled back in time. Mm -hmm. Um, and then in that footage, you see something happen on the Quasar scanning machine as well. Like, like that's kind of like, um, they were hoping to get that for clues or something, Mm. you know? Um, and then that's kind of what leads them to understand like, oh, it's not the time machine. It's the Quasar. Um, I like the idea for me. I like an idea that they're at some point or maybe walking through a bit of frozen time. It's like we could we mm-hmm. as long as we keep moving, we won't get frozen. So like mm-hmm. so like we can enter a frozen piece of time, but if you stop walking, you are now frozen in time as well. Yeah. And there's a bit where they're they this is how <laughs> they're doing jumping jacks in yeah. like a lab. Um but this this is a way that they can get some information themselves from restricted areas like that. It's just like, oh, the, the only time where the information we need would be accessible is during like real time. But I like the idea of Xenon realizing in the frozen time periods, there's one machine over here in the corner that is on. And in the, mm-hmm. the time where time is moving normally, that is not on. And it's the idea mm-hmm. of like what's communicating with the quasar or the scanner or whatever. And that's how she starts to piece together that it wasn't the faster than light thing. That was a totally separate fluke. And maybe yeah. the Quasar touching the station or getting in contact with our time, whatever, is what set off the whatever that set off the experiment that sent her through time. Like maybe that power fluctuation or some other site, whatever, technical sure. bullshit. Um, so they can be kind of connected. But I just like the, I think it's a good, also it gives the viewer the chance to like maybe start to piece it together themselves if there's that visual clue in the movie as well yeah and as far as like the quasar like going back to like frozen time periods mm-hmm. i love like it's like oh yeah that would be the perfect time to get this information but it's also super risky or money right? or you food. Know, like, yeah like to get things like to get things it's super risky um and like yeah so and whenever you take something whenever she takes something it's not going to be there in the future of whatever that temporal timeline is, right? right? You know, that like, you know, yeah, we're not even getting into the mechanics of the fact if you have frozen periods of time, how does time still work? But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh Um, but, um, yeah, yeah. so it's fine. Let's talk about, let's talk about, um, the different time. So we did the thing with her dad Mm -hmm. and like, they're using this sort of subterfuge. I think right before they, travel in time to go away the dad sees who they are like or maybe sees like older xenon and yeah. just just for a moment just like he understands like mm-hmm. what is going on going on eventually um with him with the um with like the other scenes with like 
Raven and mm-hmm. uh, and Greg yeah. and Greg. Like, what what should those be? Do we think? Um. So the. The, they don't have to necessarily have to do with the time travel like oh i think i think either, a great right? scene is old xenon takes her to her funeral in like a very mm-hmm. tom sawyer kind of like yeah. thing and the commander says like it's like just this amazing eulogy full of amazing like great things about her. it's like she's like i do this every week i come here every week yeah <laughs> and it's that and like he like I don't want to like make the commander a chump in this or anything, but he's like breaks down crying. Like it's it's yeah, it's kind sure. of played for comedy a little bit here about how like torn up he is or whatever. But it is a touching thing, and I think that we can play in that within the the early part of the movie. Xenon like she tries to talk to him about like stuff like, "Hey, commander, I was trying to get this experiment," and he's kind of brushes her off, and it's not like in a, but it makes it seem like like I thought we were cool, and I like saved the space station, and now I'm fucking chopped liver to this guy and he's married my aunt and he won't like talk to me and i think maybe it's like the idea of like i did i'm trying to not show like i don't want this to come off as favoritism and i'm like i'm trying to make it so that no one will question that your achievements are yours and not that yeah i gave you these high positions because i'm fucking your aunt yeah And only because of that. You know what I mean? Um, like that's maybe she learns yeah. the idea of like he's trying to let her make her name like in no uncertain terms on her own merits and not yeah, sure. because of their new like family relationship. Yeah. Not not her parents or because of this thing that she did. Like people the people who remember for saving the state space station will remember that, mm-hmm. but eventually those people will have kids. And if they decide to tell him that story, yeah, like, well, but like, even then, legend, like, like being a legend is like doing other things. You can't just do one thing and be remembered forever. But yeah, like, and, right. And you know? giving her high-ranking positions based off of that one—I mean, legendary achievement. Like she saved everyone. Yeah, sure. But that doesn't necessarily qualify her for some of the higher ranking positions. It's like, yes, yeah. you are remarkable. You have to put in the work so everybody else knows you earned Z- this. Xenon, as far as the first movie goes, would not make a good manager no. or a supervisor. I mean, according to <laughs> you know, Wyndham, like, she'd make a great PR um, person. But yeah, so yeah. Um, but I think that that's maybe the, the bit with the funeral, and then the commander's story is she figures out why he's like kind of giving her a cold shoulder uh, in mm-hmm. person, or not maybe giving her jobs that she might be qualified for, but. Um, like he's trying to keep yeah you know, go ahead. i think he i think he's giving her the chance to prove herself in different ways yeah, right exactly. you know like like it's not all just like oh be good at your xenon thing uh, the thing that you've always been good at like do these other things and prove that like you can do these other mm-hmm. things and achieve there um that may be harder right um doing things someone else's way right um, um, and being a team being being a teammate too right yeah and that's there's i just actually was rewatching the kung fu panda movies the other day with friend uh, and avenger jackson efflin and there's a line in there where shifu says if you only do the things you can you'll never or that's all you'll ever be or something like that mm-hmm. it's this idea of like if you don't if i don't make you or i don't you know have you do these other jobs you're just going to be xenon who runs around and happens to stumble into trouble and then saves everybody which is great but like you also need to be able to like 
do science jobs on the ship. Like, you can't just kind of fuck around yeah. until you stumble on a conspiracy. Yeah, yeah. Like, adventure isn't a thing that happens every day. Like, yeah. it's happened a few times to you, but, like, the day-to-day, you need to know. Mm-hmm. Like, not everything is, like, an adventure, right? Um, or, like, not everything is corp- corporate espionage. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or corporate fraud. Um, um yeah, so let's talk about Nebula then, because I think that that's fine. The commander, I mean, the aunt and the mom, I think, are kind of a similar role. I don't really know how we write yeah. the aunt in, because I mean, she was kind of a character in the first one, but really didn't have like a I think, lot. like, I, I, I kind of picture her as like being sort of like without Xenon. I, I, I feel like that would affect her greatly, right? You right. Know, but um, I feel like it'd be the same. It'd be I, the same level as the mom, though. Because the mom wasn't really a character either. It's more of like, I lost my child. Yeah. There's not really... I think, Go ahead. I think the mom moving to Earth mm-hmm. and that the split between her and the dad is the story there. Right. And like, exactly. like, I don't think we need to like go into that right. more. I don't either. Um, I think um, the aunt... I think she's just beside herself all the time for like ever, right? You uh-huh. know, like I think she... I... I I think maybe uh, I don't know what she because do they live on the station? I think so. I mean, he's the commander. Eventually, yeah. So he kind of yeah. has to. Yeah. So maybe he, maybe she, maybe she um, has become maybe receded back into her sort of like um, she's a rec- uh, she's very uh, reclusive reclusive yeah yeah um or maybe she leans into trying to tell people stories about xenon and like retells her adventures but that's kind of i don't know what do you think um i think the recluse probably works better the 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 ant expounding like almost starting the church of xenon is interesting yeah. in a way i it just feels kind of wild like that fits with the wonderful life angle we're going for of her feeling like nobody gives a shit about her anymore and it's like the ant just expounding on all the stuff that she did. Maybe the ant's leading some kind of charge to have like a wing or a hallway named after her or something. Like, what if what if for the sake of time, mm-hmm. like and everything, um, and also like we we see the ant and everything, and maybe Nebula, we see her get married, mm-hmm. um, and maybe Nebula has some kids, mm-hmm. um, and aunt aunt judy she uh babysits they we see a scene where she's like babysitting the kids while nebula goes off to work or something mm-hmm. like that and um she tells her kid like this story uh, you want to hear a story and then she tells her the story of xenon and it's like the story of like her like it's sort of like a fantasy tale like it, it's like a tender sure. moment and we still get a little bit of that um do the aunt and the commander have a kid and do they name it xenon um I mean that's a bit where they're secretly they're they're like they're hustling through the hallway they got their hoods up no one can see them and we just hear the commander or the ant yell Xenon and young Xenon like half turns and then we see some little like I don't know brown haired boy running through the hallway or something that that's good but we are getting to the point of like if they change the past then this kid might not exist right <laughs> you know hey uh, um, you might have a few letters to send to the writers of the the CWDC shows yeah yeah um. um so i think that's fine um 
I was just trying to like get Nebula more time. Oh no, no, no I agree. Nebula's kids. I mean, I'm not. I, um, I still think we have that scene. I'm just saying, on top of all of that, is there maybe a bit at some point where that happens? Yeah. I think. I think because Aunt Judy doesn't really leave their apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe there's a scene where Nebula drops off her kid and um, baby, and then along with her, along with baby Xenon, mm-hmm. all they. She babysits them and stuff like that. Xenon Severus um, Snape Potter, you were named different. <laughs> okay, uh, that's I think that, I think that works. Xenon Edward James Omos <laughs> Potter, you were named after uh, the greatest space heroes of our time. Okay, so uh, we're just left with Greg. Uh, do we have to? I don't think we have to. Um, maybe we like what happened with Greg. Like, I think that um, that's kind of the tragic, tragic thing of like only being able to exist within the space station, mm-hmm. right? Is like you don't really know besides what happens. And I don't um, think they're together in the sequel, if I remember correctly. I don't think they are either because um, of that reason. <laughs> I think maybe in some like past timelines, like after she first disappeared, maybe Nebula and him are talking over like a video com or something. Not not like they're starting anything like that. Like, or do just, they though? That's uh, I don't. I mean, that is then, a that is a staple of time travel or whatever movies like that. Of like the loss of this person actually brought them together, and they. Yeah, I'm not saying we have to. I'm just also, throwing it out there. It's also another tricky, sad thing. It's like, oh, well, if I change the past, they don't I mean, get together and be happy and have a kid. So you know, can come back and matchmake them. That one's not that sad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's like, I, I've seen your future and it's Greg. actually very happy. <laughs> yeah. It's very happy. So I'm not going to stand in the way of that. Yeah. So maybe know, she's like, got like, there's like a waiting message from Greg or he's going to call her after the experiment or something. And via the time traveling she finds out that actually he's calling to break up with her and mm-hmm. she's pissed about it and then at the end when she's like back in her own time she's fixed everything she takes the call and she's like i you know what i have a feeling you've got a lot to look forward to or something like that like she's cool about it instead yeah yeah, yeah. and that's a little bit of character what growth you- for xenon as well yeah that that's good um or maybe like like through time travel greg and nebula were having a thing like already i i don't want that i don't want to do that character assassination on nebula okay Okay. i i I see what you're going for i think nebula in this in the movie has only ever been the best friend true so i don't really want to then do the character assassination of like oh yeah she was she was having like an affair with greg the whole time yeah yeah Um. okay yeah um so what else do we need to touch on? That's really? it, really. Do you think, I mean, do, do, does it need a button? Like, what is sort of so I like guess, after? Go ahead. After they realize it's the quasar, not the thing, mm-hmm. we they go back, um, in time to the point where she she traveled mm-hmm. and then is like, stop the scan of the quasar. Like that's all we got to do, yeah. and then it will stop. Like, I like the idea um, that old Xenon goes to be with her dad, the old old man dad who's living alone and has been helping them i like the idea that she's like 
I I don't have it in me. You got to like if I go back there, I'm going to disappear anyway. So like it might you, you need to be the one to do it. Um, and so she goes and like but, sits with the old dad, and then the young Xenon comes back and stops the Quasar thing from happening. Got it. Okay. Is it a timeline thing of uh, where once uh, Xenon changes the scan of the Qua- stops the scan of the Quasar in the past? Does it erase future Xenon yes. and Dad? That's okay. that's what I'm thinking. Is that she stops? She has to stop it in a way that also um what happens in the the beginning of the film they're doing the experiment we hear somebody say something over comms to the commander or something like um the the scanner's activated we're getting we're getting feedback from the quasar xenon stops it and still gives that message so that the time loop still works but mm-hmm. she actually stops it this time because, like, we otherwise we're gonna have two xenons, or the xenon who had all that character growth has to disappear. Yeah, this way my... the time the time loop still occurs. Xenon still goes into the future um, and comes back or whatever can't come back. That's maybe the, a different movie. I don't know, but um, we yeah, could also have they... her come back and merge with old xenon so that it's one xenon who remembers everything that happened. Here's here's my pitch. Mm-hmm for what happens with old xenon and dad um is that after uh after young xenon stops the quasar scan and fixes everything and like that's the thing that triggers everything Mm -hmm. um we see that the dad and old xenon hanging in like the apartment and everything and talking and um I think maybe they're hugging and then you see like a flash like mm-hmm. envelop them. And then suddenly the dad is standing there alone. And then uh, you hear from the background, hi, honey, what's going on? And then you see the mom come in um, and then you see Xenon come in and it is the alternate time. But he remembers for some reason. But, OK, so they, they remember it just re- everything resets yeah okay that's that's my pitch sure um but that's cleaner than anything i was coming up with i mean the stuff i care with might be technically more accurate but yours is cleaner for a storytelling standpoint so i think we go with that yeah it's sort of like the showing the effects of like what happened so it's like oh yes this did change the future the mom's not gone xenon's on the space station still they're still together mm-hmm. uh, they're looking at their dad like what are you staring at What's that with the dumb look on your face? And then he's like, nothing. And then like, so it's kind that of Xenon would also remember then, because it would be an older version yeah. of the Xenon who remembers. It's we don't have to touch yeah. on that. Yeah, maybe it's like a knowing look, mm-hmm. and um, or maybe it's the Xenon from that time period looking at the dad, and then they hug because that has a Days of Futures Past kind of ending. Of Xenon goes back in time saves the day and then she has to wait for her dad to reach the right age where he'll remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I like that. So I think that she goes back and she stops the quasar thing from happening. Um, somehow. I mean, I don't know if she just goes in and like crashes the machine, but like, I think it could, there can be some more finesse in there so that um, they don't like, maybe she just like turns a knob to throw off the angle or whatever. Um, well, because then somebody lose yeah. their fucking job. Uh, I don't know. She'll here, here, here it is. 
I think Commander Plank is overseeing mm-hmm. the um, Quasar scan thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, they, uh, Commander Plank is like, what are you talking about, Xenon? Stop it. What do you, like, don't, don't follow that order. She's not in charge here. Yeah. And then Xenon says, the future of you and Judy's kid depends on it. Because she knows that Judy is pregnant right now. Oh, and then that is what... Gosh, but nobody no. else knows. But nobody else knows, right? Uh, and so Commander Plank is like, oh shit, okay, yeah, stop stop the Quasar. Yeah, I think and her having some gives... kind of knowledge that she would not mm-hmm. normally have. I mean, that's good. Mm-hmm. The fact that it's her aunt, she may have already told. Like, I get what you're saying, and I, I like what you're going for. I think the idea of like... She says something to him that there's the only way, like there's no I, way she could know that unless she was right. I think there maybe we foreshadow it um, w- when uh, they're hearing uh, future Aunt Judy talk about. It's like your your um, your cousin Zena never even knew I was pregnant. I, we were going to tell him that night or whatever mm-hmm. when the night that she disappeared. Uh, we were going to tell the family. So no. Yeah, she's like, um, I didn't even know until, like, she said, yeah. like, so it's like Xenon knows that she's pregnant before the ant does. Yeah. Which works. And then they stop the Quasar thing. Um, and then she doesn't push the faster than light travel experiment farther than she needs to. I think to, she, and, like, yeah, I think she destroys that machine. And then suddenly, like, it's like, well, no, I mean, I, that's the, yeah, the Quasar machine thing. They, they don't scan it. They can still do the yeah. faster than light experiment. It's that she, like, pushed it too far it's like we're not getting the numbers we need i'm going to push it a little past the safety protocols to try to get Mm -hmm. there and that's where it went wrong she's like doesn't do that now so she doesn't time loop yeah and it's a stellar stellar lunarious life a stellar lunarious life yes and then you hear um you hear a digital bell ring and it's (laughs) and um, Go ahead. And uh, that's how you know that. Um, oh, future Zeta got her wings. Uh, okay, yeah. That's how that's that's how you know. Uh, uh, Wendy's uh, the Wendy's has now stock is now serving chicken wings uh, after that digital bell rings. Uh, I don't know. Yes, yeah, she gets her wings, or like uh, I don't know. Like, what's the what's the wonderful life parallel uh, that we could do? I mean. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, we don't have to do that. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think we do that. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. Let's cut all that then. Because oh no, fun. it's staying. It stays. Uh, uh, I don't think so. Um, let's wrap it up. Okay. Before I bring the Great Havens in well, on a space boat. Did we do it? We did all it. Right. Well, if we did it, then it's credits on another episode of the Equalizers. Medicine Jones, tell the people where they can find us. People can find us on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere else podcasts are found by searching The Equalizers. You can also get in contact with us on Facebook and Twitter at The Equalizers. Our Gmail is equalizers at gmail.com. And we have an Instagram. It is the underscore equalizers. And as always, we spell that E-Q-U-E-L-I-Z-E-R-S like in sequel. Special thanks on our theme song. Like in sequel. Like in sequel. Gotcha. Special thanks on... <laughs> 
Special thanks to the Banana Boys for our theme song, Two Step Stratton, off their debut album, Technicolor Girl from Outer Space. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram by searching Banana Boys. And as always, they spell that B-O-Y-E-S like in, oh yes! Their full album is streaming on all streaming services now. Madison Jones, what are we going to hit the people with next time in this new year? Do you think we should... um... It's January now. It's kind of dark and gloomy out. Should we hit a little everybody with some fun in the sun and hit the surf um, and then get saved by Dwayne The Rock Johnson um, and Baywatch? I think it's time for The Rock to come and save us all. And Zach Efron. To a lesser extent. Uh, so. And Alexander Daddy. Daddy that, yeah. Daddy-o. Yeah. Okay. I'm fine with that one. That one I'll allow. Um, and, and that dude that gets his dick stuck in the, <laughs> the fucking bench. Okay. <laughs> The true hero of the beach. Yeah. So next time, Madison Jones and I run the beach of Baywatch. Slowly. So slowly. So, for the Equalizers. I'm Madison Jones. I'm Mike Knoll. I thought we were lifeguards. Everything that you guys are talking about sounds like a really entertaining but far-fetched TV show. To be continued. First take your favorite leg and then you kick it up to your chest. Then you pump your open palms and then you really start breaking a sweat. That's all there is, that's really it, you barely even gotta move your butt. Come on, man, now follow my lead, or we'll do the two-step strut. Come on, dance with me.